the cheeseheads who want it fresh and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral. This is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And we are on day 4,397 of Roger's Watch. (laughs) (laughs) We think that we are getting to a conclusion here in the next, maybe, honestly, 24 hours, maybe... What would that be? 18 hours. But until we have anything official, you know, we're we're going to talk about the rest of the NFC North. Yeah, because despite everyone waiting for this one singular man to just make one singular decision, (laughs) um, there has been a ton of other news happening around the league. And if you're listening to this, we're recording this Tuesday evening. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday and some Rogers news has dropped, we're sorry. We don't control him, and <laughs> it also probably means that you're going to get another episode from us breaking that down. Yeah, if Rogers wanted to come on the podcast and talk about his decision, we would welcome that. But... We are the new Pat McAfee show, actually. <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk about Packers moves, and then we'll look at the rest of the NFC North. Obviously, last week they had announced that they finalized their coaching staff, pretty much everything to be expected. Rich Passaccia got a promotion to assistant head coach. Um, Greg Williams is the passing game coordinator. And then Ryan Downard was promoted just from safeties coach to defensive defensive backs coach. So that's kind of what you missed if you missed it as far as their finalized coaching staff. Uh, but I think the the secondary big news that Packers fans were waiting for is that the Packers re-signed Keyshawn Nixon to a one-year deal worth up to $6 million in incentives, which is fantastic news. Yeah. Um, I think besides Rodgers, this was the thing that most people were waiting for of all the free agents. This feels like the biggest no brainer resign. Obviously Keyshawn completely lit up the last six to eight weeks of the regular season. Once he took over as punt and kick returner, um, he had the first, what was it? Kickoff return for a touchdown or punt, re- punt return for a touchdown since like for Randall Cobb in 2011, just an absolutely like electric player, a great, obviously, backup DB and other special teamers. So just like all around, I think the locker room really came to love him. The fans have come to love him and we want him in year two of Rich Bisaccia. I'm not surprised at all. Obviously, Rich got the promotion. He's keeping his guy that he brought with him. So in that tiny corner of Packers universe, we're happy. Yeah, one other move uh, happened for the Packers on the departure side of things, as very much expected. Well, I don't think it's officially official yet, which seems kind of to be the tone of free agency so far, um, or the legal tampering period, I should say. But Alan Lazard expected to sign with the Jets a $44 million four-year deal with $22 million guaranteed. So an excellent deserved payday for the undrafted free agent who has had a really nice career and deserves to go get his money yeah i'm happy for him i think you and i've talked a bunch about this being his kind of one shot to get the bag he's you know 27 he's worked his butt off and has not had the easiest road to this payday right an undrafted free agent he sat on the practice squad i mean it was really aaron Rodgers who pointed him out and said i want him in this game when the packers were playing the lions and he had um, to this day, one of the most fun catches we've seen in the last couple of years. 
and the rest is really history. So it hasn't been an easy road for Alan. I'm always happy when players get the bag, but I think especially when you've had the journey that he has and he's just been like a consummate teammate. He has played the role that they have asked him to play, whether it was lead blocking or, you know, being the number one wide receiver this past season and everything in between, he's he's always done it well and he's always done it like a pro. So um, I get him in my city. So Alan, if you want to hang, if you need help looking for an apartment, you hit me up. Yeah, no, I'm joking, but no, very. <laughs> I'm, I'm very. I'm not joking. Actually, if you do want to do that, like I'm around, but um, I'm very happy for him. I think this is great. I think it's actually a good deal for the Jets too. It's not an overpay. It feels like right where he should be. Um, it'll take him into his till he's 31. Right, it's just like a good signing. Obviously, we know why the Jets did it. Right. I was going to say, before we dive into the rest of the NFC North, let's just, what do you want to call it? The elephant in the room, get the cat out of the bag here. There's supposedly (laughs) an Aaron Rodgers wish list that came with him playing with the Jets. And one of those items on the wish list was Alan Lazard. A couple other items include Mercedes Lewis, Randall Cobb, and OBJ, which is kind of crazy to think about. So let's let's talk about the wish list really quick just before we go to the rest of the NFC North. I guess maybe do you think all three of those other additions are attainable for the Jets? What does that do to the Jets offense? Or do you think it's like, okay, we got you, Alan, now just come play with us? I honestly, I have questions around the wish list. Like I just like have questions around like the validity and like the truth behind the wish list, to be quite honest with you. Am I... Do I think that Rodgers would advocate for his guys coming with him? Of course I would. Do I think that this is like a precursor, like a mandatory? I I just, I don't know. I think like the way it was worded was worded for drama. Um, I I don't think like it's a, well, if Mercedes Lewis and Randall Cobb don't come, then I'm not coming, right? I think Alan really wanted to be in a big market, right? Alan has has listed out his like kind of requirements for his next move. He wanted to be with a good solid organization. Obviously the Jets are one of them. He wanted to get paid. I think it was all about the money for him. This was probably the best deal. And Alan wanted to be in a big market. So New York, LA, right? Dallas, like those were really truly his options if I think he had to choose. Um, so I think this move actually makes sense regardless of the Rogers thing. And as for the rest of them, look, I could see Mercedes Lewis doing a number of different things. I think both him and Randall Cobb, while they have like loyalties, they're both adults and they're going to make their own choices for themselves. I, I just, I don't know how much I buy the whole wish list thing on the flip side from the Jets perspective, Catering to Rogers, let's say this is true. Catering to his like every need is not smart or sustainable. No, could they do it? Sure. But like this team, and I think one of the reasons why Rogers is so interested in going to this team is because they have a ready roster. They have a suite of offensive weapons. They have a really stacked defense. They don't need these guys. Like they don't need these guys respectfully coming and taking snaps away from Elijah Moore and from Denzel Mims and even from like a Corey Davis. Like they just don't need that. So that's like kind of my thing about it. I'm like, are they really going to bring in again? This is like no hate. These are our players. Like I'm not, I'm just like, 
is this really a smart move for the Jets to be bringing in these like 32 plus year old players to take snaps away from this young roster that they've worked the last couple of seasons to build? I, I just don't. And I don't know why Rodgers would want that either, right? Because if he wants a chain of scene, change of scenery, if he wants a team that's ready to compete, if he wants a team with weapons that he quote-unquote never got in Green Bay, then why is he all of a sudden requesting to bring all of his weapons from Green Bay? It, it just it doesn't like compute to me. Yeah, and I mean, I completely understand wanting one or two guys, like especially if you're learning an entire system, brand new coaching staff, you know, Nathaniel Hackett being there, I think sweetens things a little bit, makes the transition easier. So I understand, you know, wanting a security blanket in a guy like Lazard. He was going to be a free agent anyway. He was going to get that kind of bigger contract. So that move made sense. And Lazard, I think, would be a jet. He signed a four-year deal, right? He could play out the entirety of that deal with New York, regardless of if Rodgers is a one-year deal, two-year deal, that move was smart for the Jets. But yeah, the rest of these moves, you know, if, is it really worth it for this Jets front office who has Ruckert, a really young, nice tight end? They just, you know, traded or they just signed CJ Uzama last offseason, like to make some of these moves that feel like they're taking a step backwards, I think. Um, so really good points there. And that wide receiver room is just going to get really crowded if OBJ yeah, and yeah, Randall Cobb come. <laughs> there's only so many snaps to go around. There's only so many roster spots. So again, I, I get the Lazard move. Like he's a very like interesting kind of role player who's still young. But for me, I'm like, is Mercedes Lewis even going to be used the way Matt LaFleur uses him in a new scheme and a new coaching staff? You know, it's just there's certain... There's just a certain aspect to it. Um, I could talk about this for a while, but we have other things to to go through. We'll go through the NFC North teams because there's been a lot of moves. You know, the Packers have kind of had to sit on their hands, not sure what's really going to happen yet. We think we know, but until anything, you know, there's pen to paper. Packers can't make too many official moves. The Vikings... Um, were active on the first day of the legal tampering window. They signed Marcus Davenport to a one-year deal worth $13 million. Josh Oliver, the tight end, a three-year deal worth up to $21 million. Resigned Garrett Bradbury, the center, for just under $16 million on a three-year deal. Um, but also lost you know, quite a few players. Adam Thielen doesn't sound like he'll be back with the Vikings. Eric Kendricks goes to the Chargers. Delvin Tomlinson goes to the Browns. Patrick Peterson goes to the Steelers. So this roster is, it feels kind of blown up. It's not the, not the Vikings that we're familiar with. And it sounds like they're also going to lose Darius Smith pretty soon or, or ship him off somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's a total kind of blow up, which I wasn't exactly expecting after a, like the team had its, one of its best seasons in a couple of years, right? So it's interesting. I hate how much I love the Marcus Davenport signing. Uh, one year, 13 mil, it's lovely. Um, weird, going to be weird to see Eric Kendricks not in a Vikings uniform. That one for me was yes. like, whoa. I understand Adam Thielen. He's getting up there. He didn't pr really produce. And they could probably find, you know, a, another. They have KJ Osborne, right? And they could probably find a third with Justin Jefferson. But yeah, Eric Kendricks, not a Viking. I'm not not too mad about it. He's blown up a lot of really fun plays for the Packers the last few years. Yeah, definitely. Uh, will be weird. It's kind of like, you know, when Akeem Hicks was in a different uniform and Khalil Mack, like you get used to seeing these division rivals that, you know, Eric Kendricks was always the guy you had to look for in the middle of that Vikings defense. So definitely a, a different look for them. Do um, we feel like the Vikings are getting better? No. I feel like they're going to be the worst team. They're going to be worse. The NFC North. Right? Yeah. You think they're going to be worse than the Bears? 
Okay. Little asterisk, you know, if the Bears hit on these players in free agency, right, right, but we've seen them spend this kind of capital and then not succeed. So if the Bears hit, if Ryan Poles does his magic, which we'll talk about it so far, looks pretty good. Mm -hmm. Then I think the Vikings are the worst team in the division. If the Bears miss, then they got a couple of years to go still. Wow. Okay. You heard it here first, folks. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I, I think they still have like their core a little bit, but their defense certainly has taken um, like their defense is basically getting overhauled, which I guess makes sense. New defensive coordinator wants to bring in his own guys, wants to build it in his image. And I mean, it's hard too, right? Because you've got a Vikings team that has Kirk Cousins, who they just restructured. They've got Justin Jefferson, Delvin Cook. Like it's hard to say, yeah, this Vikings offense is going to be bad. They're yeah. points, but aren't they aren't they looking to shop Dalvin Cook? It sounds like it, but because they don't want to pay him, like his contract, I guess, is pretty steep, and I don't think he's willing. He's he's said he's not willing to take a pay cut. Um, not like Aaron Jones. Um, <laughs> so I think he's like on the he's he he's up for auction. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I. You know, you can never read to read the tea leaves too much into like what players post on social media because we saw that with the Keyshawn Nixon, like peace signs, and then he ended up returning to Green Bay. So right. but I thought I thought I saw some stuff about, you know, him and his uh Vikings gear with like the, the I'm thinking I'm back kind of thing. So who knows? Whatever happens, okay. obviously. Um I, I did thought I heard I thought I heard that he was being shopped around a little bit though interesting market this year for running backs you've got austin eckler demanding or you know requesting to play elsewhere jamal williams led the league in touchdowns and he's a free agent curious to see where some of these guys end up yeah they've tagged josh jacobs but i thought he was gonna have a massive market if they didn't do that yeah saquon got the tag Mm -hmm. um Let's talk about the Lions then, because obviously Jamal Williams is still a free agent. Maybe he will get signed somewhere. But by the time you're listening to this, we don't know. Um, Should have a really good market. But so far, the Lions have been pretty active as well, kind of overhauling their cornerback room. They brought in Cam Sutton on a three-year deal worth $33 million, Emmanuel Mosley on a one-year $6 million deal. Speculation is that they're maybe shopping Jeff Akuda. Would be really curious to see if that actually happens. Um, resigned Alex Anzalone, who was a Dan Campbell guy for three years, just shy of 19 million. Resigned Isaiah Bugs and John Kaminsky on the defensive line. So a lot of the core pieces for the Lions staying. Um, just yeah. gotta see what happens with Jamal. Yeah. Jamal has a market, and I love that for him. I really do. And he was such a – I think we always knew in Green Bay, like, that one-two punch. Same with A.J. Dillon, that the two in the one-two could be ones somewhere else. And I think Jamal, like, really proved that this year. Obviously, he led the league in touchdowns. And he's such a great locker room guy. Like, you are not going to get a better human. And I said this when he went to the Lions. Like, if there's one person – who's going to liven up a team and bring like the juice and the happiness and the excitement to a team. It's him. And he a hundred percent did that. So I am really happy that he's kind of getting bid on because he deserves that. Would I hate it if he left the division and I could root for him with no, you know, (laughs) no strings attached, no strings attached. Yeah, no, of course I wouldn't hate that, but um, I'd be surprised if he left the lions. They obviously like really covet him. 
So we did just get breaking news. It's not going to be breaking when people listen to this, but the Seahawks are bringing back Jerron Reed. Okay. Two years ago. Interesting. So there's, you know, there's a departure for the Packers makes that defensive line even weaker. I did see (laughs) earlier that the Seahawks had released Quentin Jefferson and Shelby Harris. So why don't we do like a swap, right? You can read back and we'll take Harris and Jefferson. I'd be down for both of those additions. Yeah. But back to the Lions. I think the Lions are going to be good this year. I think Lions could be the best team in the division, depending on how things shake out with the Packers. Um which is such a weird thing to say. I love what they're, I just love the moves they're making. They've have so much capital. They have draft and cap and money. Like they're just, they've been making like very pointed moves the last couple of seasons to get where they are. Now it's just about like, what do they do at quarterback? Right. I I think that's like the big lingering question, at least in my mind, Mm -hmm. golf played really well. Golf was great last year, but you know, they still have, that top pick that they kind of get to like decide what they want to do with. And it just depends on if they love a quarterback in this draft. Yeah. We kind of talked about this a little bit when the season wrapped up, but they've got some really nice core pieces and as shocking as it was, you know, to see TJ Hawkinson go to a division rival, they've got guys like Amon Ross St. Brown and, you know, Swift. And if you bring back Williams, like you've got a lot of these young core pieces that, if you think you can get by with a Jared Goff at quarterback, you know, then I think the division, like you said, is largely up for grabs. The Lions look like the front runners, at least at this point. But you're not really hurting with where you're picking. If there were a quarterback that maybe started to slide a little bit, you know, you could have some ammo to go get him. Yeah. All right. Let's talk then about the last team in the NFC North making literally a- and figuratively <laughs> making Uh, just a ton of moves Um, earlier this week. Obviously it was announced that they traded the number one overall pick to the Panthers. They acquired DJ Moore as part of that trade, got a boatload of picks Um, Packer fans still steaming. Obviously that DJ Moore is in the division now with a rival. Um, Okay. We'll we'll talk, we'll talk about it. (laughs) Very active signed TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds to inside linebackers, Nate Davis, the guard came over from the Titans, Demarcus Walker, a defensive end. And, you know, obviously midseason they had ended up losing Roquan Smith to the Ravens. So completely overhauling the defensive side of the ball and acquiring some new talent for Justin Fields while only falling back to the ninth pick in this draft. I have so many thoughts about the Bears moves. I want to hear them. Okay, first of all, I think they crushed it with the trade with the Panthers. Absolutely crushed it. Agreed because they don't just have picks this season. They have picks next season. They have picks in 2025. Like, just really, really set them up. Obviously, <laughs> hinges on them making good picks, right? This is just, like, step one. Um, I know people are really up in arms about the DJ Moore thing. I-, I think it's fine. He's a good player. He's a very solid player, but he's a still on it. You know, and they have a nice trio now. Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, DJ Moore. That's a really nice trio. I-, I st- It doesn't strike fear into my heart still. So we'll have to see how it works out on the field. Um, the rest of the moves, again, are, I don't know. They, like nothing like jumps out at me other than like the overhaul of the linebacker position, but it just, it's good. It's going to have to be, how does Justin Fields play and how does it all like come together? I want to know how you feel about DJ Moore in the division though. 
I mean, I think that there's just something weird, right? It feels weird that, it, like, the Packers front office has been swinging and missing and so close. You know, they want to chase Claypool. The Bears just beat him out. Yes, you could argue the Bears were offering potentially a higher draft pick at that point. Made sense for the Steelers. Then you're looking at DJ Moore. Of course, the Bears had the first overall pick to offer. You know, really sweeten the pot there. Then you hear the reports of, like, you know, Darren Waller going to the Giants for a third round pick after there were rumors that he was going to be part of the Devontae Adams trade or that the Packers were going to give up a second rounder. So it just feels like the Packers are very close to a lot of these big name players and then they don't land them. And, you know, it could it could be great. Justin Fields, you know, has a number one receiver. We'll see what that does for him in his development. Obviously, we know he's incredibly talented with his legs. Would be nice to see him have a target, you know, with his arm. But I don't know. It just it. I like the move for the Bears, but it just kind of it's very Twilight Zoney to me that all these players that the Packers covet end up going elsewhere for you know different compensation. Yeah, I wonder what it is. I mean, I can see why teams don't want to trade to the Packers, right? Like you, it's it's fairly simple in my mind, I guess. But yeah, for me, it's more. <laughs> Like, the Bears don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore. And I'm not saying this is a Packers fan. I think this is, like, a fairly – I would say this to my friends who are Bears fans, right? Yeah, I kind of have to see how these things work together on the field. Like, before, I'm like, oh, I think that that was a good move. Um, but I love the, the amount that they got from the Panthers. I think that's just, like, a total steal – um, and you're right. I mean, they're still in the top 10. They could even can continue to move around, right? Like they can use these picks to move around the board. Um, I'd be curious what position they're like targeting if they have one, because they have so many holes right? that they could really go for anything. They could go for a top tackle to protect Justin Fields. They could go for a top edge rusher because they probably need somebody on that side of the ball now. It's just like they have so, so, so many options. Um, but I'm rooting for Justin Fields. I hope that I hope he looks good. I hope the Bears don't have to find a new quarterback. Like I think he's a great kid um, and a very, very, very talented. We'll see. We just hope that Jordan Love is better. Team. Yeah, exactly. I think a rivalry, a real rivalry, would be really fun. Um, this division is about to potentially get very good. It has the potential to be very good, not like the division that we've seen for the last 15 years that Aaron Rodgers dominated. So maybe once that happens, people actually start trading players to the Packers. Let's talk about that really quick then before we wrap up. Obviously, we expect to have a second show later this week once we have Aaron Rodgers news. Mm -hmm. But by all accounts, the Aaron Rodgers ship has sailed out of 1265 Lombardi. It very much sounds unlikely that he'll be a Packer, which means that it is Jordan Love's car. He's got the keys. I mixed metaphors. We have a car and a boat. Regardless, (laughs) (laughs) sounds like it's Jordan Love's team. What do you think that does in the short term for draft strategy, free agent strategy? Do you think the Packers can win now? Or do you think we're about to see a couple year rebuild before we really understand what's going on with this Packers team? Oh boy. Why do you always hit me with these questions? (laughs) Um, I'm turning this around on you after I answer. Well, okay. There's a few, there's, there's a part like a, B and C here. A yes. This was looking like regardless of, where what Aaron Rodgers does and decides this is Jordan Love's team. I think it is high time. I do feel like they must know something. They must feel like this 
we have to hand the keys over to this guy if they've been like kind of more publicly stating how ready they are to move on from Aaron Rodgers. You just like don't do that unless you have a feeling about a player. So I'm really excited to finally get to see love. It's been three years in the making and this just like build up Um, in terms of draft strategy, free agency. I don't think so. I think the Packers have their formula and they're going to go build a team around him. I think they have a really nice team. There's obviously some holes they got to fill and they're going to have to figure out how to do it on the cheap. That's the only problem here. If the Packers had the cap space, like they did in 29 before the 2019 season, they'd be making splashes, right? They'd be going out and trying to sign Jordan Poyer and some, you know, they would have probably tried to finalize that trade with Darren Waller. Like they, they would have done things, but at the same time, I think it's smart that they're holding back because the cap that they have is limited and they're not in an all in season. This is not win now mode, right? This season can be whatever it is. This is a, let's see what our baseline is. This is a baseline assessment. I've been talking about these a lot at work, so they're on my mind, right? This is a baseline assessment. We have no vitals for Jordan Love, and we have to get blood pressure, you know, A1C, BMI. (laughs) We have to just understand his blood work before we start to make moves around him. So, wow, that really just happened. So to all my healthcare nerds out there, you're welcome. Um, So I I think we should have very, very limited expectations for this season. I think I, it would be prudent for the Packers to just keep getting younger, get younger, get speedier, get more athletic. If you can't make the splashes in free agency this year, do your best to get guys in the draft that can compete now or can compete next year. But I think this is a very, we're going to start being contenders in 2024 or 2025 type of deal. You you just can't expect otherwise. Right. And I mean, I think the Packers have set themselves up. They, they have the, the young core that we've talked about primarily. Well, I, I guess not even more primarily at this point, but on the defensive side of the ball, you've got guys like Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, Jair Alexander. You've built around this core nucleus, Quay Walker on the offensive side of the ball. You've got Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs entering their second season. Yeah. You know, there there's jumps that we expect to happen. So Jordan Love getting a full off season program with them as QB one, you know, we'll talk about this probably ad nauseum when the Aaron Rodgers news is announced, whatever happens, but we are on the precipice of a brand new era, I think, as Packers fans. And however you feel about this decision process, you know, Aaron Rodgers, about the front office, however this has gone down, I think we can all acknowledge that we have been very blessed as fans. If you want to go all the way back 30 years from now, if you want to just talk about the Aaron Rodgers tenure in Green Bay. So whatever his decision, whatever happens, it's exciting. But I yeah. think we have to temper some expectations and yeah. we also have to understand that we are turning the page and this is a brand new chapter and yeah. I'm excited by it. We are excited by it as football fans, but yes. And I think like there's been a lot of discussion cause it's so easy to make comparisons granted. Yeah. Like it really has felt like we're watching the same movie on repeat right now with Aaron Rodgers yeah. and Brett Favre. That does not mean that what we're about to see with Jordan love is going to be the same movie. Right. It is. It could be and very much likely will be very different. And so I think, like, again, you just have to go into it with a bit of a clean slate. Aaron Rodgers' first season as a starter, they went 6-10, and 10, right? But you kind of knew and you watched 
like this guy has something. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, I think, all that we would like to see. If the Packers go seven and 10 or six and 11, it's not a wash, right? It is the first season of basically a brand new starter, who, by the way, is like the same age as a lot of guys who have spent way less time in the league, right? Absolutely. Stenson Bennett. And there's another guy I'm blanking on his name coming in the draft who's the same age as Jordan Love. <laughs> he's older than Kenny or he's younger than Kenny Pickett, right? Like this guy has so much time left. So this is really like, this is his rookie season. So yeah. again, just like, but I think the Packers have done a nice job giving him a, a core. I think you said it really well, right? The defense they've been building for years. They're going to have, whether we like it or not, consistency on the coaching side of things there on that side of the ball. And then they drafted two wide receivers who had wonderful, like wonderful rookie seasons and you hope will get better. You have your vets in Jones and Dylan. So this team isn't this like not to make the comparison, but we've been talking about the NFC North. Like this team isn't the bears. They're not player talent poor. Right. It's just figuring out how, right. It's, putting it together and it's figuring out how to make Jordan love succeed with these players. Yeah. I think, I think that's a good place to end because you and I have and could talk about football for multiple hours um, over multiple beers. We'll save that for the next episode um, that, you know, we'll see maybe it drops Wednesday, maybe it drops Thursday, whatever happens whenever we get the Aaron Rodgers news. Hopefully that'll happen sometime midday tomorrow. If you're in the U S of course, if you're in the UK, you might have to stay up a little bit, but <laughs> that is all the time that we have for today's show. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at PWSS Podcast. You can follow Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. You can find us everywhere you find your favorite podcasts. We will be here to talk about the now, the future, whatever happens in the next couple of days, weeks, months, because that's what we do as Packer fans, and we are excited a little bit sentimental, a little bit bittersweet, but we'll dive into all that once we have more news. So thank you as always, and go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.